Hello and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat. I am one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me as always is uh, Zach. How's it going, Zach? Good. Uh, excited to talk about Game Awards nominees. Yeah. And uh, got a little bit of news. Nothing super mind-blowing, but some interesting news nonetheless. I want to jump down to something in the show notes and talk about it first because uh, they finally did it, Zach. What did they do? We've been asking for it for years, and they have finally remade and remastered Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> yeah, I wondered if this is where you were going. Um, yeah, Isn't that insane? Like, did we need this? I thought it already came out on PS5. Yeah, did I, it thought, not? I thought so, too. Maybe, it's, maybe it was one of those cross-generation PS4 slash PS5 games, but... I saw a screenshot where it's like a half and half of like, here's it from PS4 and here's it from PS5 or whatever. And I could not tell the difference. Couldn't tell the difference. That makes sense. It's crazy. I mean, at least give it some time for people to get like nostalgic about it. Like this is too soon. The only, so they've added a couple more things. They've added like some in progress levels that you can play through as sort of like developer diary stuff where you can see sequences that never made it into the game, which is interesting and they've also added a new mode, a like roguelike survival mode where you just have to survive for as long as you can. I think it's called like no return or something. Um, so I guess there's new things in this, but I it's, it just blows my mind that they're already remaking Last of Us Part Two, which I feel like already looked like gorgeous on even I played it on PS4 and it looked great. Yeah, I mean, those modes could have just been, like, DLC. They didn't need to release a new, like, remastered version of the game. We're going to get to a point where the PS6 comes out, and they'll go, Last of Us Remastered 2 Remastered. It's it's crazy, but um, that was, I think, the most funny news I saw. Yeah. But uh, there's other news to talk about. I just wanted to bring that up just because I thought it was so crazy. <laughs> it is funny. I don't the it was I feel like it was maybe a little bit the same way when they did the previous remaster that they did. Because yeah. it was like, I don't know if this is necessary. And then they doubled down on that and did one that was even less necessary, I would say. Whatever happened to their that like uh extraction shooter or whatever that was happening do you remember that yeah i think maybe the last i heard that was maybe delayed or something i don't know i feel like they're probably still working on that but like uh you had like final fantasy 7 remake and ghost of tsushima that were like right at the tail end of the ps4 generation and they Mm -hmm. were like well here's the ps5 version i feel like that's (laughs) all they had to do with this but they i guess they sort of maybe it was like a cross-generational thing that was had a ps5 version already maybe. but i don't know just do what apex did and just have it be like a high te- high res texture pack <laughs> or something like that you download it doesn't have to be a completely new version speaking of completely new versions we got some information about the completely new version of like a dragon infinite wealth this week <laughs> yeah so i mean the first or first one i guess at first in the ichiban kasuga series uh Yakuza Like a Dragon was already a pretty long game. And evidently, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is even longer. And there was an article that PC Gamer put out that said that it is so long that they're afraid players won't take it all in unless they binge <laughs> it, even at the cost of their health. 
uh, in quotes. I don't know. Uh, I guess you're going to have to just like completely take all the time off work. You're going to have to not do anything life related and just play this game. Uh, it does. It, it seems wild that, I mean, there was that trailer a couple weeks ago we talked about on the podcast where they're like, hey, guess what? Animal Crossing is in this too. Yeah. As just a thing you can do. You can just go to this island at some point. But I mean, I, I scrubbed through that story trailer where I think we talked about it. That's like 10 minutes long, just about like different plot beats that are happening. It seems like a ton of stuff is going to happen in this game. And a lot of it, I think, is just going to be through cutscenes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a lot of watching the game as opposed to playing the game. But I think there's also going to be a lot of playing the game. It's going to be a full, crazy long experience. Yeah, they they said they're, they don't know if it'll be more than 100 hours. But I would assume uh, it's oh, yeah. one of those things that'll be like, Maybe the if you just mainline the story and even like skip cutscenes, you can get <laughs> done under that. But like if you try to do everything, especially the like Animal Crossing stuff, it's mm. going to be like way over that. But I, I don't know. I'm interested in that game. There was a uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden that just came out on Game Pass, and I've been curious to check that out. I haven't had time to check it out, but I'm I'm curious about that game. Uh, I do. I, I find myself liking these games. I, I think I like the turn-based combat mm. a little bit more than their like brawler beat 'em up style. But uh, is this a game you're thinking about checking out when it comes out? Or are you now intimidated by the length? I don't it? know. I never finished. Uh, what was the first one? Like a, just like like a dragon, I guess. Uh, Yakuza like a dragon. I got to a point where I think I needed to grind a bunch and I just yeah. didn't want to do that. Um, I got up to the point where I think I was about to fight that uh, the the like bleach people or whatever. Uh, so I don't know how far along in the game that is, but like the I think the Korean people I had just gotten that Korean guy to join my team with the white hair. Mm. Um but I don't know. I, I like the idea of these, and I like how insane they are. But like you, I just don't know if I have time for it. I just It's it's such a commitment, um, so I don't know. I'll watch someone play it for sure, but I don't know if I'm going to dip my toes. In. Also, is it a PS5 exclusive? I don't think so. I don't. I mean, the last one wasn't, so I'm That's pretty true, sure this will yeah. be on everything. But, but maybe you'd be able to get through it if you could play it portably. And yeah. that brings us to the PlayStation Portal, which is out now. Um, and I picked one up. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and it's very cool. I have to say, like, in fairness, there. I mean, I've seen a lot of reviews. I watch reviews for this. And the thing that stuck out to me about them is yeah, a lot of people were like, it's a weird device. I don't understand it. And then they would perfectly <laughs> explain it. And I'd be like, no, it seems like you understand it just fine. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> now, in fairness, there are some like oversights. Uh, like you cannot use the PS5's like video streaming services on it, which seems weird. What do you mean? Like, like you can't watch Netflix on it? Yeah. So like if you have Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu, you it doesn't let you watch them. You can basically only play games. And you're not able to stream the games from PlayStation Plus. So you have to own it. You have to have like a digital or physical copy actually installed on your PS5 to be able to play mm-hmm. it, which that seems like an oversight to me that maybe they could fix uh, Patch, in the future. Yeah. 
but also it's like it's so thin because it doesn't have like really much internals uh, which is fine because what it's doing is streaming something that where your console is doing all the heavy lifting and you're just kind of, as the name suggests, viewing it through a portal, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- I think that makes it so that you don't have any like actual operating system on the thing that you could use to like browse the PlayStation store to like look yeah. for games that you would stream. Um, now, the downside to that as well as some people have brought up on reddit is that if you go to like certain um like say you go to a coffee shop or you're at like a hotel a lot of places will be like you can use our wi-fi but you have to like opt in through your browser and this Mm. doesn't have a browser because it doesn't Ah. have that stuff so i don't know that you'd be able to use it there uh, so that's a pretty big oversight. I feel like that maybe they will have to like do some sort of over the air update to like add browser support. But like, I feel like Sony doesn't like browser support because I, <laughs> I don't know that the PS five has a browser. I couldn't tell you. I know the series X has one, but I don't, yeah. I, I think um, just because you can sort of find exploits through the browser. I feel like Sony sort of shies mm. away from having them. locking it down. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that is a, an oversight. Now from a physical standpoint, the controller is maybe my favorite of the portal one, uh, portable gaming devices that I have. I like it. Really? I think it feels much nicer than the switch with the little joy cons and it's much lighter um, and the controllers feel so much better than even the Steam Deck uh, because it is basically like your DualSense controller, which is probably my favorite controller right now. And you get like the haptic feedback and you get mm-hmm. the adaptive triggers that you would get when you're playing like a PS5 game. And I also have to say, like I was re- I thought I was going to try this and be like, OK, my Internet can't do this. And I was going to just return it. Mm-hmm. Um so far, that hasn't been an issue for me. I They were not lying when they said that this is going to be much better. Like the proprietary technology that they're using is much better than, say, trying to do remote play on your phone, for instance, mm. which mm. I've never had a good experience with. I've tried yeah. it. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, this, on the other hand, is way smoother. Uh, it's a much better experience. You do get like some disconnects now and then but it usually reconnects pretty quickly. Uh, hopefully that's something that they can also like resolve with a, an over the air update of some sort, but I've been impressed with it so far. I actually really like, I think the eight inch screen looks really nice, even though it's not an OLED. Um, but this is, it is a touch screen. It is a touch screen. Cool. Uh, but, but this is like, it, it's just an accessory for your PS five. They, they never meant for it to be like a replacement because if they, if they did, have like the ability to stream games through playstation plus um i think sony's mindset would be well people would just spend 200 dollars on this and not Mm. get the ps5 yeah uh and they didn't want it to be a replacement or a competitor they wanted it to be an accessory um and from that standpoint like i would happily buy this thing over that 200 dollar pro controller that they have yeah. It's crazy to me that they're the same price. <laughs> I, I would not buy one of those, but this 
because it does give you that benefit of being able to play portably or remotely. Um, there's like enough of a value there that it makes sense to me. So, I have two questions for you. Okay. I have three questions for you. The first question is, how's the battery life? Uh, good so far. I think I was reading a review. I think they said close to eight hours, maybe. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty I mean, good. better better than a Steam Deck or the Switch because you're not running it directly from the device itself. Right. So that helps. Yeah, so it's not doing anything too intensive. It's just streaming. Yeah, exactly. So pretty solid battery life. My second question is, how do you charge it? Is it just a USB-C cable or does it have like a dock? No, it's a USB-C cable. So you just plug it in the way you would like a controller. But um, the the other downside to it, there are some some downsides, is the headset situation. Now, for me, I don't really care that much. I'll just plug in my wired earbuds and use them and not worry about it. But like Mm. if you want wireless and you already own like a wireless PlayStation headset, you can't use it. You have to like get one of their new ones. That Those hit, special earbuds? Yeah, the special ones that they release that are also crazy expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Just plug in some wired earbuds. Pick up like, if you don't have any because you've gone all wireless, just pick up like a $15, $20 pair of earbuds and use those. My third question for you have you installed Apex and checked it out on... I guess you don't need to install it because it's just looking say, at your uh, PS5. I, I just have to play it off my PS5. I have not tried that yet. Maybe I will try that today. So the, what's the, what is the interface like? Is it just showing you the PlayStation? Like, Can you activate Discord from the PlayStation Portable? Well, so PlayStation Portable? is weird in that you can't activate Discord directly from the PS5. Remember, you have to go That's into right. your phone. You get to get your phone, yeah. And connect via PlayStation as opposed to connecting mm. directly. I wish uh, they would do it the way Xbox does it, where you basically can just tab over and yeah, the, integrated. The little, yeah. But yeah, uh, otherwise, you just like you power it on and it like starts up your PS5 from like remotely from sleep. And then it like connects and there's like a circle in the middle that sort of opens up and you just kind of see your your dashboard basically and you Very can cool. navigate around uh, your home screen from your PS5. And you have everything you expect there, but it is cool. I do like it and I have been uh, much more impressed with the performance than I thought I was going to be. I, I a little bit expected it to be bad and that I would just mm. return it and be like, no, this is... It's not going to work, <laughs> but uh, fortunately, so far, I've been pretty impressed with it. So, Wow. A big reveal. I was not expecting you to have one. Yeah. I Well, so I went out on a limb and I was like, they're going to definitely sell out of these. So I just like pre-ordered it. And in the weeks leading up to it, I was like, I'm going to cancel this for sure. Or <laughs> maybe I'll just wait and then I'll get it and I'll try it. And it's probably not going to work well and I'll just return it. And now we're like a couple days later and I still have it. So, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do like it and I think it's going to be good over the holidays to be able to take with me yeah. and just like still be able to play PS5 games. So do you think there's going to be an Xbox uh, answer to this? Like now, basically, they're the only ones that don't have because Nintendo Switch is out of the box. You can take it anywhere. And now PlayStation has this thing where you can also just like play on a cat or like in bed or whatever. Do you think Xbox is working on something? I mean, they're so 
into their xCloud stuff, but I feel like yeah. I never actually see that. I was going to say, I, I honestly think that Xbox's answer to that is their xCloud stuff. I, I yeah. kind of don't see them making a competitor portable device. Um, and, and in fairness, I, I haven't played much, but I did like maybe a couple of years ago when they added Persona 5 Royal to Game Pass, I like I wasn't by my Xbox and I so I pulled it up on my phone on Game Pass. And that's one of those that you can play with like the touchscreen. Mm. And so I just kind of played through the opening of that and it was way smoother <laughs> to play it via xCloud than playing anything on my phone via remote play. <laughs> so I think they already just having xCloud as opposed to remote play already sort of had the leg up in that department. Now, it would be cool if they would release their own thing, but I think they're kind of have a, of a similar mindset to PlayStation where they don't want to remove the console from the equation. Yeah. And I think people would if they especially if they had access to xCloud and maybe they're fine with it. Maybe they will be, but like, I don't know. I just because I guess they already have like you can just play on PC and not have to buy a console. Yeah, but they own Windows, too. So, I mean, it's yeah. like just play on Windows. So maybe they're more open to it than I think. But um, yeah, I feel like people would just buy the portable device and sub to Game Pass and then just not buy a console or a computer. <laughs> but. Maybe I'm wrong. I watched that. Uh, there was a new Clueless Gamer where he played Starfield. Did you watch any of that? I saw that it was up. I did not watch it. That whole thing is a commercial for. I mean, it's also just a funny thing, but it's mostly a commercial for the Samsung TV they're playing on, which is similar because you can stream games directly to the TV. You don't need a, a console. What What are they streaming it through, though? Is Samsung, it? it's like some sort of Samsung proprietary, actually, I don't know. I think it's X Cloud, maybe? I don't know, actually. I was going to say, it sounds like Stadia, but yeah, not Stadia. <laughs> R.I.P. to if, Stadia. If it's not X Cloud, then I guess I don't know what it is. Maybe GeForce now? but Maybe. That um, seems like something that would be integrated, but... Who knows? Not to jump around in our show notes, but this kind of leads into, you know, what you could use that portal for is uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is coming out in February. Yes, I'm very excited about that. Released, They released some new information for it. They released a new trailer that is just a recap of the previous game. So I mean, it's, it's narrated by Red 13, which is a cool, weird thing. But um, they also released some screenshots and some more information about it. The screenshots reveal some things that I think our people will be happy about. You can see Sid's uh, airship, or I think at least I think it's Sid's. Uh, you can also see, and I know you're excited for this, Zach. They brought him back. You will be talking to and interacting with Chadley in this one. <laughs> I, I went back at one point and listened to our conversation about Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake. And... When we came to Chadley, I was like, well, I don't know what's going on with this guy. So I've interacted with him very little. And you were like, I Googled, what's the deal with Chadley? But yeah, he's back, I guess. He's back. So I assume he's still how you like level up your summons or whatever. I don't know how. I mean, do you recall his his full arc from the first one? 
Not to get into the spoilers. I basically didn't interact with him very much throughout the game, so no. (laughs) Not to, I mean, it'll come up, I guess, in this one, but uh, spoilers if you haven't played Final Fantasy Fantasy VII Remake, he was like an AI. He was like a hologram, basically, that Shinra created. Oh, really? That's why he's such a weirdo. (laughs) I guess Um, it makes sense. But yeah, he was a robot. And I think if you did a bunch of, like, combat challenges when you got to Shinra Tower, you could, like free him or do something where he ascended or something i'm not really sure i never did that part because it got to be too difficult but uh yeah chadley's in it um they showed off some screenshots from calm which is the place you go to directly after uh midgar which in the original you just sort of go there and there's an info dump about like clouds past um but in this one it's i think it's gonna be a fully playable like zone they talk about there's like a an innkeeper character who i don't know if it was in the original um but there's a whole bunch of uh stuff i think you're gonna be able to do in calm there's a big wall i guess that protects it from people it'll be a much more uh deep experience than just like going there and going to an inn and having cloud talk to you for a long time but uh yeah final fantasy 7 rebirth i don't own a ps5 right now and i don't know what's gonna happen in february but Maybe I will own a PS5. I don't know. I was going to say, now's a, a fairly solid time. Our friend friend of the show, Mike, recently picked one up. And while I was at Best Buy actually picking up my PlayStation Portal, I saw that they had like just stacks and stacks mm. of both uh, PS5s and Series Xs. And I guess also Series Ss. But the they also had the slim PS5 in stock. The drought is over. So, yeah, the the drought of consoles and not being able to go to a store to find one is definitely over. And, uh, yeah, some some people were picking them up there at Best Buy. And Mm. it was cool. I think they had, like, a Spider-Man bundle that was happening. Mm. Um, The Series S is, like, relatively cheap these days, I feel like. Maybe it's... I don't know if it's dropped in price or maybe they had, like, a special thing going on, but... Um, yeah, I don't know if you could find like a base model PS5 less expensive now than the, the, uh, slim version, but pretty cool. Zach, talk to me about this Bioware writer. Yeah. So, uh, I believe his name is Mac Walters. He, uh, is one of the writers on, uh, the Mass Effect and I believe also the Dragon Age um series he was the uh, production director on dragon age dreadwolf uh but he also was like the lead writer on mass effect 2 and 3 and uh he left the company uh earlier this year left bioware and has created his own studio called worlds untold and it is a triple a action adventure uh games with emphasis on narrative and world building is uh, sort of their um, mission statement, I guess, but they, they don't have like a game. I think that they have announced along with this. They're just like, this is our studio. We're working on stuff. And, uh, that makes like maybe the third former, like Bioware guy to have left and informed their own studio. Hmm. Um, I know, uh, is it Casey Hudson has his own studio? And then there was like, I think maybe Aaron Flynn 
is one of the other ones and he has a studio and i know one of those two i don't remember which one it is but has that um what is the name of that game i can't talk about it because oh nightingale is what it's called nightingale yes because uh i i took part in an alpha very very briefly oh you have an nda you signed yeah so i can't really talk about it but it's like I, I, I forget the premise of the game, but I, I think people, generally speaking, know sort of what it's supposed to be. But yeah. Anyway. To me, it looked like, and you don't have to confirm or deny this, it looked like that, uh, similar to that uh, uh, Amazon MMO that was happening for a while. Uh, New World? Yeah. I mean, that game is still around, but that that's a very different style of game. Like, maybe aesthetically okay. in terms of, like, what they're going for in terms of, like, the type of clothing or something like that. Right. But maybe like, that's what was, yeah. New World is a definitely an MMO where you almost have sort of, like, Skyrim level uh, leveling where, like, everything you do will like has some sort of XP bar to it. So you can constantly like if you go chop down trees for resources, you're like building up your ability to chop down trees and things like. And so there there is like an addicting quality to that. I know they just had like a big release that they did somewhat recently that people were getting back into it for. But yeah, that game kind of came and went a little bit. But I guess we say that about pretty much every MMO. And I feel like. (laughs) May, we're probably right in that it's like it has its 15 minutes of fame but like at the end of the day it's gonna have like its niche audience that sticks with it but other than that what were we talking about bioware yeah yeah um, there's a new studio that that guy made yeah i i mean hopefully i mean it's gonna be a long long time but worlds untold uh just based solely <laughs> on like the little bit you can glean from like their mission statement and some of the images for like the the logo of their their studio maybe a mass effect competitor hmm interesting dare i say they might go that direction hard to say but i mean it's the the lead writer of like the best of the mass effect series so hopefully he will sort of carry forward that but we'll see i guess zach it's been 25 years since half-life came out did you know it's uh, you're getting to be uh, a pretty old thing and i don't think we're ever going to see another one yeah i don't know valve is sort of doing its own thing these days but uh before the 25th anniversary a bunch of stuff is happening they released a one-hour documentary that supposedly is very good i've heard uh people talking about it on twitter that it was very interesting also, the original Half-Life is 100% free to keep, not just to try, but you can just, like, go get it for free on Steam. They've added some new multiplayer levels and reworked how the, uh, like, multiplayer netcode works. Like, it will, it's easier to play online now, I guess, than it was. Um, and there's new character models you can try out that were, like, previously not released. Um... And it's uh, Steam Deck compatible. It's deck compa- deck verified. They've added support for widescreen officially. There's been a lot of mods that let you do things in this, but uh, it's all things Half Life, the original Half Life. Which have you have you ever played the original one? 
I think I don't know that I've ever finished it, but I think I've played maybe it was one or two. I'm not quite sure. Two, I think, really holds up. I think one does, too, although if I was going to replay it, I would probably replay the like remaster slash remake that came out that like Black Mesa that I think is available now mm, where they added a yeah. whole bunch of stuff to like, like Zen and whatnot. But um, I have a lot of nostalgia for two. I played it on my old computer back in the day. Uh, one of those like big blocky CRT, like old classic uh, monitors. Um, and I loved it. It was very interesting. It was before really I was like looking stuff up on the internet. So I was sort of just learning about things. I uh, didn't really know what the G-Man was. But the original Half-Life, I actually played after Half-Life 2. And I played it on PlayStation 2, I think. There was like a port to PlayStation 2. Um so I played it on console, but both of these are super solid. I would say that Half-Life, the original one, is maybe a little scarier. There are parts where maybe I was too young to play it, but I got a little freaked out when I was playing it, uh, especially towards the end when you go to the like alien world or dimension. But I think everyone should check this out. I think it's, you know, Half-Life is a seminal work. There was Doom, there was Quake, and then there was Half-Life. Um, it like really iterated on the first-person shooter, and so did Half-Life 2, frankly, with like the physics and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. If you're interested in like old school uh, FPSs, definitely check out Half-Life. You can get it for free right now. Yeah, and it's deck verified, so if deck you've got verified. A Steam Deck, might as well jump on that. Um, but yeah, that's all of the regular news. Our main feature this week is talking about they announced on Monday, was it Monday or Tuesday? They announced the nominees for the Game Awards this year, which is happening in just a little under three weeks. Yeah, so I, I I guess we can just go through these. I don't know if you want to necessarily touch on all of these, but we can go through uh, some of the big ones or the ones we care about. But uh, do we want to start with Game of the Year? Game of the Year is going to be either Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4. It's not going to be Resident Evil 4. <laughs> uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Or Tears of the Kingdom. These out of these six, one will win. What are your takes on what's gonna get it all? What's gonna win it all? Not necessarily for you, but for the actual voting. I don't think there's any chance that it doesn't go to Baldur's Gate three. Yeah. I am in the same boat. I think that just the critical response and the fan response to like I'm still constantly seeing people post about uh, Baldur's Gate 3. And I mean, I guess it hasn't been out for that long, but I feel like the there's just it's such a densely packed story. There's like so much to do and so many characters to latch on to. I feel like, uh, yeah, there's no way it doesn't either go to Baldur's Gate 3 or frankly, I mean, th- there was a point in time where I was sure it was going to go to Tears of the Kingdom, but I don't know. Nintendo has a lot of power, like a lot of staying power, but I think it's between those two. Tears of the Kingdom yeah. and Baldur's Gate 3, I think, are the two heavyweights. I, I agree. I think the most likely candidates here are Baldur's Gate 3 or Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, we were ta- we were texting a little bit, and we were surprised that Resident Evil 4 was on this list. Yeah, it was. it's a weird choice, I think, when it could have been... I feel like there's something else that could have picked this spot, but... I mean, people liked it when it came out, but it also Resident Evil 4 is maybe the most released game. I feel like it's come out like 10 times. Like, I know this is a big remake and people were super hot on it when it came out. But like, 
uh, there was also like a lot of people were saying that the nominees for pretty much every category felt a little bit um, recency bias because Mm. I mean, out of the six options here, at least four of them came out within the last like maybe two months. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, I think a lot of people would rather something else have gone in place of Resident Evil 4 just because Resident Evil 4 is also a remake. And how much weight do you put behind a remake? Yeah. I was a little bit surprised. And maybe I'm just like completely misreading this, but I, I was a little bit surprised to see Super Mario Brothers Wonder and a little bit surprised to see yeah. Alan Wake 2. Maybe because I'm just not a horror fan. So it like that didn't really hit my radar at all. But I, know I get people are into it. So. I think I get Alan Wake 2. I've heard it's like a very, very, like a masterpiece, basically. And I I mean, Control really had its hooks in me, and it was like a very cinematic game. And I heard people, I think it was maybe on the Min-Max show, uh, they were talking about how like Control basically, you know, got them ready for Alan Wake 2. Like there were elements that they have iterated on in Alan Wake 2 where it's just like, okay, this is fully... This is a fully realized, uh, like director, game director, like doing exactly what they want to do. Mm. And also, I think Jeff Keighley was the first thing that surprised me about it was like when it came out. Jeff Keighley tweeted like, "This is a masterpiece. Like, like well done, Remedy. This is amazing." Really? And like Sam Lake was like, "Hey man, thanks. This sounds great to hear." Um, and Jeff Keighley was like, "You know, the fact that you have done this is just like it's mind blowing or something." So Jeff Keighley is super hot on it, I think. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I, uh, it kind of makes me want to play it, even though it is a scary game and I did not play Alan Wake 1. Uh, I yeah. like the idea of the Remedy, like, uh, connected universe or whatever. And I will super play whatever the next control is. Cause I loved control. Um, but I didn't play the Alan Wake control DLC either. So I don't know. I, I mean, also I, the, the, I feel like it's sad that, uh, I mean, Spider-Man 2, by all accounts, is supposed to be a really great game, but I don't think there's any way it's going to win. Yeah, I think a lot of people like it and are into it, and I've heard basically nothing but good things about it. But it's, I mean, I don't know if it's just like Sony's fate when it comes to big releases, but it's basically the Horizon Zero Dawn slash Horizon Forbidden West effect where... That's a very apt comparison. They release, like, a big game that, like, looks beautiful and by all accounts is a great game and it gets good reviews and everybody loves it, but it just, like, will never be uh, so well-loved that it's going to outdo, like, whatever actually ends up winning Game of the Year, so... Now, something... That is not on this list is Starfield. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you felt about that. I think, generally speaking, most people, uh, it's so sort of divisive that I feel like maybe, I guess it makes sense, but I feel like I would have been happy to have had it here in place of Resident Evil 4. Yeah, I think that would have made more sense, to me at least. Um, I liked it well enough to say that it deserved more than one nomination that it got in all of these categories. But um, I also know that that's not necessarily, generally speaking, the uh, the sentiment on the Internet (laughs) as it goes for uh, Star. I mean, I think it's it's a similar thing, I think, to Marvel's Spider-Man, where it's just like it's a super solid experience that you will enjoy playing. But 
I don't know that it's like game of the year material, similar to Spider-Man where it's just like, there's so many other things that are doing more interesting thing. My friend and I were talking about this because over Thanksgiving break, he was going to either play Starfield or Tears of the Kingdom because he just got a switch. And uh, he asked our like group chat, like, which one of these do you think I'll have more fun with? And I thought about it. And I was like, well, Starfield is super fun, but I think I had like more interesting moments in Tears of the Kingdom. Like I had more impactful moments, like uh, figuring out that stuff about the Master Sword and stuff was like in, impact, more impactful than anything in Starfield, I think. Um, and I had trouble telling him which one to do, but ultimately I was like, maybe check out Tears of the Kingdom. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it should have gotten nominated maybe, but yeah. I also get that it's divisive. For, for me, and maybe this is like tipping our hat when it comes to like what we're going to do with our top 10 builder, but like I definitely would have had Tears of the Kingdom over Starfield if Starfield were mm. on this list, even though I liked it quite a bit. But I I do feel like it probably should have been nominated. Like, and let me just throw this out here. As someone who likes Super Mario Wonder, maybe not shouldn't have been <laughs> on this list. Yeah. Um and I feel like there are also people who are like, well, like, what about Octopath Traveler 2 or something yeah. like that? Uh, I mean, there this year was such a jam-packed year for games, and that's why I think a little bit some of it is like people saying well this is recency bias like why mm. why give a nomination to that instead of that and other microsoft fans were also pointing out hi-fi rush yeah. but also like final fantasy 16 is out there why like that got i mean it did get some nominations for things but like snubbed a little bit in this category but I don't know. I think there were other options other than Super Mario Brothers Wonder and Resident Evil 4 that could have filled those slots and I think more people would have been satisfied. Another thing I saw, because there, um, let me actually find these. Where's the, I want to view all. Best indie game I heard was a little bit controversial. I have to find it in this grid. Uh, Let's see here. Best ongoing. Oh, here we go. Debut indie game. So, well, so there were nominees. two. There were two independent ones. There was best independent game and best debut independent game. Oh, I didn't realize there were two. Yeah, so there's Hold two on. categories like back to back, right next to each other. That's yes, like I best see it independent now. and then best debut indie. These seem almost identical to me. <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> back and forth at them. Um, I don't know what the difference is actually. What's the difference? Well, so one is like an independent game that like is the first game that the studio has made. And the oh, other okay. is like uh, just like a really good independent game. Now, what are your thoughts on because this is another one where I think people are going to it's going to be controversial, whatever happens. But uh, I really liked Cocoon a lot, but I know people also really like Dave the Diver, and I've heard people talk a lot about how Dredge is... I mean, you play Dredge, right? Yeah, I was going to say, this was m- the hardest category for me to pick, yeah. I'm not going to lie, because I played all of these in the independent category except for Dave the Diver, and I like I heard a lot of good things about Dave the Diver, and I wanted to play it, but um, I liked all of these games quite a bit, and in fact, I think all of them except maybe Sea of Stars because I didn't play quite enough of it, were on our top 10 list at one point. Yeah. Um, I, like, 
so for me, just because I didn't play enough Sea of Stars, which is, by the way, the one I think will win this, because mm. I think there were a lot of people that were not happy that Sea of Stars wasn't among the, you know, Game of the Year nominees. Yeah. But for me, it, it came down to Dredge and Cocoon. Um, and I personally voted for Cocoon. But yeah. I can see so this. I. I can see this going to Dredge or Sea of Stars. Well, I voted for Cocoon in the best independent game, but on the best debut indie game, I voted for Pizza Tower. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I saw Pizza Tower was on there, and this is one of those like weird award show things where you go, well, how can one be the best independent game? Yeah, and, and not the best it, debut. Not the best debut in the game. Like, uh, it's just like logically, I don't know how these categories make sense. It's just like a weird, nonsensical thing that we do anytime an award show comes up. But um, yeah, the categories are, are pretty similar in terms of what's there, except I guess Pizza Tower and Venba are in the best debut indie. Um, did you, um, for best ongoing, did you go for Apex Legends? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did too. Although I think cyberpunk is going to win that because everyone yeah, says it's so good. That's what I was going to say. Like I picked that one because that's what I've been playing, but I don't think it's the one that's going to win because yeah. cyberpunk is there. And I think more people are into that. Some interesting, are there any other nominations that stick out to you? Let's talk best RPG. Uh, Cause I feel like this, ca- this category is a tough one. Actually, it's not that tough because Baldur's Gate 3 is in there. And it's one of those. I think Baldur's Gate 3 is going to sweep. Oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, it is an interesting category. People are really hot on Lies of P, actually. I have seen some TikToks where people are like, hey, just FYI, this game is great. Um, But I've not checked it out. No, I like I liked Final Fantasy 16, but like as an RPG, I don't think I would put it. It's more of an action game, I would say, akin to like. Uh, like a God of War style game that I wouldn't call an RPG so much as just an action game. Um, but I, I don't think there's any way that Baldur's Gate 3 doesn't win this. Yeah. And then maybe like the second spot would maybe be Sea of Stars. Which, by the way, we should say uh, Larian was tweeting or someone from Larian was tweeting uh, Hey Xbox fans, we know you're itching to get your hands on Baldur's Gate 3, well, stay tuned for the Game Awards where we're going to reveal uh, a, like a release date trailer. So one of the things we'll get at the Game Awards in a couple weeks is uh, the announcement of whenever. I mean, they could be like, it's happening now. <laughs> like, we're dropping it now. But more likely, it'll be sometime in January or February. Well, so but- another interesting part of that is Larian actually announced a physical copy of the game it's like a collector's edition. I would have to look up what all comes in it, but you get like, I think for sure, like a physical copy of the game and like the soundtrack and maybe some other little odds and ends for like, you get a map, which a now map. that I'm looking at this, I, I just started sweating. I was going to say, I, map. I pre-ordered it. <laughs> I maybe need to, did you do it for Xbox or what'd you do it for? I Does it, it matter? For P- I did it for PS5, but, but yeah. that was the interesting thing is that, they had a listing for both PS5 and for Xbox. So even though they've not officially announced when it's coming to Xbox, we know it's going to. And this is just like, here's a physical version of it. So you kind I of have a physical map. You kind of have the option. But but yeah, for like basically a full on collector's edition of what's very likely the game of the year. Yeah. Um, 
it's not that expensive. How much I, is it? I think it was like 80 bucks. That's not bad at all. For a physical map? For the exactly like the collector's edition version of this game that came with all that stuff, I think was just 80 bucks, which is like $10 more than the cost of just the base game. Yes. Well, I, I uh, maybe I should look it up and confirm that that was the case, but I was like, oh, that's not bad at all. So I ended up pre ordering it. Where'd you pre order it? From Larian. I just went to their website. I, I couldn't find well. it anywhere else, but yeah, I would, I would say jump on that while you have a chance. I think I am going to. Because, <laughs> you, yeah, you get the physical map, you get the game, you get the soundtrack, you get like a bunch of stuff in it. Um, so maybe next year will be like the year of Baldur's Gate 3 discussion for yeah. us. <laughs> we like missed out on it this year, but. It's only in whatever currency this is vot or no I'm, i think when you go to like check out it's like oh you're in the wrong country do you want to switch over and you'll be like yes well and it'll, i don't it'll have to do this it. live we yeah, can, you don't uh, have to do it on. now you can do it later <laughs> but uh yeah the other category of nominations that i thought was weird um was like best action game versus best action adventure because i don't know what the differentiating yeah factor is there mm-hmm. but i guess it gives them the chance to like throw out some different games so in best action game you have armored core 6 dead island 2 ghost runner 2 hi-fi rush and remnant 2 um i i didn't know what to pick because i didn't play any of these games yeah but i think it'll be interesting to see which one wins i a little bit think it'll be hi-fi rush do you think that uh here's an interesting question Everyone loves Asterion from Baldur's Gate 3, but do you think that Idris Elba is going to win Best Performance, or is it going to be the guy that played Asterion? Ooh, that's a good question. Until you said that, I definitely was like, oh, that'll be Idris Elba. Yeah. But that's true. They've got somebody People from love Baldur's him. They Gate. say he's the best part of the game. Yeah. That's tricky. Um, I feel like... If I were picking, I would say Baldur's Gate is going to sweep so many things. Why not mm. spread the love and give it to Idris Elba? I think so too. Also, I mean, how often does Idris Elba end up in yeah, games? Yeah, have him on stage would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, he'll be up there with Al Pacino. I was going to talk about that. Yeah, what do you think is going <laughs> to? Every year, the first thing that happens is crazy. Uh, two years ago, it was uh, Christopher Judge winning. Uh, like performance of the year, he came up, talked for like 40 minutes. minutes. <laughs> it was so long. <laughs> and we were like, what is happening? Last year, it was Al Pacino being like, what's up, guys? I don't know what I'm doing. What's going on? Was and that then not that the ended. same year? Was that the same year? I think did it both was. both those things happen at the same time? I think it did because I remember he gave the award to Christopher Judge and he went up there and just talked for you're right forever and just would not stop talking and it was so, like he was doing it on purpose to troll jeff Keeley. i wonder if uh idris idris elba will do the same thing or i also i i am so curious who's going to present the award to him because what if it is just al pacino again wouldn't that be that would be the most <laughs> well, crazy thing that was what i was going to ask you is like what what is a random completely like unrelated to gaming actor that you would think would be the most out of touch when it comes to video games that you could possibly find in Hollywood that Jeff you know Keighley who, could get on stage. You know who's popping off right now because of his daughter is uh, Scorsese. Yeah. 
I could see him showing up on stage and be like, I don't know, my daughter said this is a good idea. What's going on? <laughs> well, um, I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like he wouldn't do it, but it would yeah. be, that would be funny to see. Somebody super old. Yeah, who's somebody be. old that you'd, like, is the last person that you would think would show up at a video game related thing? Hmm. Uh, who's that guy who... Um, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, yeah, yeah. That would be crazy. That's a good pick for somebody that you wouldn't think would be anything related to video games. You know what I googled to find that? What? Old cowboy guy with a white mustache. (laughs) Immediately, first result. I mean, because obviously that's what you Google when you want to come up with the name for Sam Elliott. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I'm just trying to think of like what what actor and maybe it's like a weird actor too that's like you know who would do it especially if it's uh Idris Elba is Keanu Reeves if Keanu Reeves was like hey we had fun together doing this even though they probably were never in the same room with each other that's true yeah it would be very symbolic he would actually do it and that would be cool to see yeah or I mean they could get uh what's his name um Nicolas Cage that's another obvious one he would um, do it. What if they got Gary Busey? That is that would almost feel like elder abuse. <laughs> I sometimes see <laughs> videos of Gary Busey and I'm like, is he okay? Should people be filming him right now? Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. But it would definitely get the clicks. I'll say that. It would get the clicks, that's for sure. The other thing that that you have to think about with these shows now is will another like really weird, annoying person like yeah. take the stage and you've Jeff got to, Keighley, it happened, have to be super disappointed. At this point it's happened two times in a row because it happened uh last game awards and I think it happened Opening Night happen, Live, I think maybe. Open it happened at Opening Night Live and it happened did it happen at Gamescom? It happened twice in a row. Yeah, I don't remember which the two were. I thought it was Game Awards and then Opening Night Live. I think you're right. So it was Bill Clinton kid, and then it was just a nameless person who rushed the stage and was immediately taken out. Um, but you've got to imagine he doesn't want it to happen again. It seems like it really upsets him when it happens. Like, yeah. he doesn't really joke around about it. He just, like, immediately is, like, super serious and stern. And, like, this is a terrible thing. Why are you doing this? Yeah, he's like, I, you know, it's just so disappointing. I think he said yeah. that, like, three times in a row yeah. last time it happened. And he was he was visibly unhappy. And so he had to, got like, to immediately imagine. calibrate and be happy again to present the next thing. But You've got to imagine that he's going to, like, security has to be beefed up. It's difficult, I think, because... Uh, I mean, they, it's a, it's a show much like a lot of award shows where when someone wins, they just get up from the audience and sometimes they do have like a retinue of people behind them. So it's hard to filter out those people and get them on stage, but there's gotta be a way to do it. That's why it was easier to stop the second person who went up because they just kind of like mid like Jeff Keighley's announcement just like rushed the stage. And so it was easy to be like that guy, get him. Whereas the first guy, like did it stealthily where he just walked up with the people accepting the nomination. But It's going to be, it would be crazy if it happened again. And I, I know that Jeff Keighley, it has to be on his mind as like something oh, where yeah. like, I can't, let I can't be known for this because if I'm known for this, it's going to happen every single time I have to cut it off. Yeah, for sure. So, he's like, how do we amp up security? Yeah. How do we like put a stop to this as quickly as possible? It, it's like, 
trying to find the way to stop somebody who like gets down on the field during a sporting event and runs yeah. around the field and they're just like don't show them on camera because yeah. that gives them their moment of fame but also like tackle them in a very like physically uh, injuring sort of way and then <laughs> uh make sure that they their face and name do not get released and that's how you have to handle it i guess but it's harder to do when they're literally running at the the person who's on camera. Yeah. There's not something you can cut to, really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can cut to audience, I guess, but... Yeah. It's interesting. I think we will get some surprises as far as, like, games and stuff. Um, I also... Here's my conspiracy theory. Because the first thing I texted you, I think, when you sent me the uh, nominees was, like, crazy, like, wild that... Silk Song is not on the most anticipated. Oh games. yeah, I was gonna bring that up because I knew immediately. I was like, "Oh, this is this is gonna be very disappointing for Capcom." Because it's definitely like when you when you log into feeds, like like log into like you know YouTube Live or whatever. When when things are happening and Nintendo's revealing stuff or there's like an award show, people are always saying like, "When is Silk Song? What's up? What's going on with Silk Song?" And I feel like it's like inundated the community so much. It's like it's such a joke, but. He's got to know, like, it's, I mean, I guess he's not in charge of most anticipated games. He's, like, not in charge of picking, it's like a panel of a jury or whatever. But my conspiracy theory is it's not in upcoming games because it's going to get released at the Game Awards. I mean, that would be cool. It would be a huge get. Um, be a huge get. But I also a little bit wonder if some of these are based on, like, when was the last time a trailer was released for this? It's a good point. It would have been two E3s ago, or fake E3. Yeah, so it's been a hot minute for for that game, whereas I think all the rest of these have had a trailer somewhat recently, probably within the last year. So it was two E3s ago where they had that Xbox conference where they were like, everything we're showing is going to be released (laughs) one year from now. And eventually Team Cherry was like, hey guys, this is not happening, so don't get excited for like June 14th or whatever. Um, and that was like the last communication we got from them. So I don't know. It's interesting. I, uh, I, I don't know why it isn't nominated. It's crazy to me. Like there were so many last year cause like tears, of the kingdom hadn't come out. Starfield hadn't come out. Um, so there was a lot to pick from, but, um, yeah, I know. I know you can't just have like an infinite list of like everything on here because then like the voting gets too spread out. Yeah. Um, but also like it's just like a fan thing where you just like let people vote on stuff. So why not like why limit the categories the way they have? It seems yeah. a little arbitrary to me. I feel like there are a lot of these categories that could have had a lot more things nominated and but I, I also think with these award shows they want it to feel exclusive they want it to be like oh you like the nomination just getting the nomination means something you know yeah and so i guess you can't just throw everything out there but uh you definitely picked final fantasy uh, 7 rebirth right for most anticipated in the absence of uh silk song yeah i thought about picking hades too because i did love hades but uh, and I will probably be able to play, even if I don't have a PS5, I'll be able to play Hades. But I did pick Final Fantasy VII Rebirth just because it looks great and uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think you played a lot more of the first Hades than I did. Um, 
I will. I didn't put- get all the way to 100%, but I did like c- complete like four or five successful runs. I think you need to complete like 10 or 12 to get like the true Jeez. ending. Yeah, I never got close to that, so. Uh, I will but, probably um, play Hades too, but I'm definitely looking forward to Final Fantasy VII Rebirth a lot more, so. Should we get into what we've been playing or watching, or are there any other closing remarks about the game wards we'll have lots of coverage of it obviously yeah, i was gonna happens. say we'll talk about it when after it happens for sure um i do want to bring up uh, super mario rpg is out this week and that is the thing i have played this week um and it is as good as you you think it's going to be uh, if you've played the game at all before it's like this great super nes era uh like rpg that has like that sort of active uh, turn-based combat style where you you pick your attack and then you sort of time a button press. And that's been very influential in the world of uh, turn-based RPGs such that even like the Like a Dragon games are doing that. So uh, that's very fun. Oh, and CSRs did that as well. Um, but I, I just, something about the visuals, something about the music of that, it's like very sort of, evocative of like the 90s era to me so it's very Mm. nostalgic to to be playing it but also like the visuals of it are updated and modern and look great but it still has that old school feel to it Mm. uh there is an option in the settings to like switch to the old classic music but they do have like modernized versions of all the songs in it so that's great and i haven't tried it but i assume that the super nes controller uh from nintendo online the wireless one will work with it i don't know why it wouldn't but uh a great little game and i've been uh i played a little last night making a little bit of progress in that and it's it's not a super long game either so that's nice if you're like me and you don't love the idea of like a 90 hour rpg you can just like (laughs) play this for a solid like 15 to 20 hours and you're good uh, and then speaking of super long RPGs, Persona 5 Tactica did come out this week. Mm. That's on Game Pass. And I was going to download it, but I was like, oh, this is only for Game Pass Ultimate. Mm. So I guess there's like some games on Game Pass that you have to have the expensive tier to be able to play. Uh, so that was at, like, I'm not super into uh, the chibi, like cutesy art style of it, but I've heard fairly good things about this and like they've done a good job of sort of expanding on persona five uh with their sort of like obviously they did persona five royal and that game was like a better version of uh persona five but then also like persona five strikers i really liked a lot and that was like the more action combat uh like combo based sort of muso style game Mm -hmm. but it like felt a lot like persona um and a lot of the other stuff it was doing and i liked that game a lot and the the other like cool thing about this is because it's another game in the persona 5 series it uh, um, will have another soundtrack worth picking up probably (laughs) because the music is so good in the persona games but persona 5 had a great soundtrack and then there was like another soundtrack release for persona 5 royal and then there was another one for Persona 5 Strikers. I'm curious to hear some of the music from this new game. And they were like, uh, I think I listened to the Besties podcast, which is the McElroy's game podcast, and they were talking about it this week. And um, 
they were like talking about how it, it's you know sort of a tactics style game so it's like reminiscent of things like fire emblem or even uh baldur's gate because it's that style of mm-hmm. like turn-based combat where you're sort of positioning characters and things like that so or even like uh mario and rabbits uh, sparks of hope or uh, XCOM or something like that so um it's that style of game and i feel like we've gotten some good ones here over the last year or two so if you have game pass ultimate i would say that would be the way to play it but uh you do have to have the 15 dollar tier version of game pass mm-hmm. apparently which is a little bit of a bummer so uh but that's all i've been playing this week uh, what about you I've been playing Apex uh, as we. I think we played one time this week together. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to play this week, so I it was. Play, who did it I must play have been... with? Maybe uh, we have a friend named Andy who I might have popped in with briefly, but um, still playing it. Still great. I'm liking it. Uh, unlocking things. Just kind of logging in every day to get enough points to get to the next level of the battle pass. But seems cool. Very excited for that uh uprising event that's going to be happening in december um then the other thing i don't remember i talked about this but i watched that uh across the spider-verse movie did i already talk about this last week i don't think so it came on um i think it's on max now uh but i loved into the spider-verse it was a great movie and now i uh across the spider-verse released on max for free so we watched that and it was also great very excited for the third one. It leaves it at a very interesting point. Uh, it's sort of a Back to the Future 2 type of thing where uh, it sort of ends on a huge cliffhanger and you're kind of mm. waiting for the third one to come out. But Does Doc show up and say yeah, something Doc about shows their up, kids? <laughs> they got to go back. Uh, they have to go to the Wild West. <laughs> um, but no, it looks uh, it, it's visually a masterpiece. And we were watching it and they famously they released a couple different versions of it in theaters uh, because it's like a multiverse thing. But I need to go watch uh, one of those things where they show the differences, but I don't even know if I could tell the differences because like every frame of this movie is like so rich and detailed. I feel like I was missing stuff constantly Yeah, just because there's so much to see. That's how I felt watching the first one, but it was great. I I loved it. I can't wait for the next one. Uh, The culmination of this trilogy or who knows if there'll be more but um i haven't watched the second thing next but uh yesterday as we're recording this they released suzume on crunchyroll so we can watch it now i tried to watch it a couple uh like a month ago and i couldn't figure out a way to watch it but uh suzume is by the guy that made your name and weathering that weathering movie i didn't really like but your Mm -hmm. name i love um and this one by all accounts is supposed to be great so if you have a Crunchyroll subscription, you can now watch Suzume. I'm going to be do it tonight. It's going to be, I think, good. But that's but, all I've been watching playing. Uh, I I don't know if I ever got around to watching Weathering with you. Maybe I was put off by it because you said you didn't like it. But yeah, liked- it's not as like fun as your name, and it also I don't know the second half of it I found to be a real downer in general, and I didn't super connect with the story as much as I did with your name, but. Mm. Everyone says that Suzume is great, so I'm excited to check that out. Well, speaking of like Marvel-related stuff, that uh, Variety article I shared last week, there was like uh, they were saying that Marvel's in a little bit of a desperate spot now, where they're even considering bringing back 
like Iron Man and Captain America and some of those heroes they've sort of moved on from, uh, would that be enough to get you back into those movies? I mean, I still watch them. I'm definitely going to watch Blade whenever it comes out, and I'll watch the Marvels when it comes out on Disney+. Plus. But, I mean, until there is a thing where, like, it's so crazy that I feel like I have to see it before I see, like, internet stuff about it, like, before I get spoiled, I probably will just continue to watch them at home. I mean, it takes a lot. I feel like the next thing I'm going to watch in theaters is maybe Dune 2, just because that's going to look great on a huge screen. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what they would have to do to maybe a full reboot if they were like, uh, we're starting again from zero. I don't know. I did. I had the uh, Marvel's final scene spoiled for me. uh, And I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. I might check that out um, if they go forward with it. But uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm cool with them not doing any more Iron Man captain america type of things although i would like more loki i watched the series finale of loki and that was great but it also left him in sort of a weird place where i think it'd be interesting if he interacted with people uh afterward so who knows if he shows up in another movie i might go check it out in theaters but i don't know i don't know i i've lost all interest uh, <laughs> so I, you're our marvel person now i'll but, report uh, back Okay, I I did some of the trailers I've seen for recent Marvel stuff has just looked like kind of like CW level stuff that just well here's something. Did you watch that Madam Web trailer that everyone's kind of dunking on? Yeah, that's kind of the one I was thinking of. I love Adam Scott. I think he's a super cool guy, and uh, I listen to that uh, music podcast with him and Scott Ackerman all, all, all the time. Uh, so I'm going to check it out for him, but I do think I, I was watching and I was like, I, what is happening in this movie? <laughs> it looks crazy. Um, oh, well, and that was the thing is I, I couldn't believe it was actually a movie. I was like, this looks like lame CW teen stuff. And I was like, but if they just like release it as a show meant for teens on like Disney plus, like, okay, I get it because you're doing like different things for different age groups, whatever. But then it was a movie and I was like, okay, that just, why does it look so bad? <laughs> this is, it's Sony. It's like Sony being like, hey, we have, we technically still do Spider-Man stuff. So here's Madam Web. And also, have you seen the trailer for that Craven movie? No. <laughs> that looks truly not great. Um, What's we- also weird because Craven, I think, is one of the main villains in Spider-Man 2, the PS5 game. Just by, oh, maybe yeah, by yeah. coincidence, or I don't know if it's uh, related, but... Yeah, they just have this weird movie that is just like a villain from Spider-Man who is the main character, which I guess they did with Venom, and people seem to like those Venom movies, but Sony is just like doing everything they can to stay relevant, and it's not super working for them every time. Well, and here's another thing to bring up, uh, as like I am completely out on superheroes at this point, um, DC is like rebooting everything. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. If you weren't like done with superheroes at this point because mcu is are sort of overplayed their hand there's going to be a whole nother wave of dc movies so, so you know what's also crazy about this so did you watch that uh that thing this was maybe a year ago or it seems like forever ago that where james gunn was like here's what's happening no i didn't watch it um so that movie with robert pattinson the batman which i thought was pretty good yeah um, I, th- I thought that was a good movie 
that is going to get a sequel, but it's he is not the new Batman going forward. That is an Elseworlds or whatever type of thing. He's not canonically, canon, canonically going to be the new Batman, although he will still exist as a Batman that maybe will have his own series, which is confusing to me, but I guess whatever, everything can be everything now. <laughs> um but I don't know who the I don't think they've cast the new Batman, whoever that's going to be. But I don't know. Not Ben Affleck. Well, you didn't watch The Flash, did you? No. <laughs> it's not Ben Affleck anymore. Is he dead? No, he's in a different place. I, not to spoil. I mean, do you care about if spoilers? No, not at all. <laughs> at the end of so in um in the Flash, he goes and he hangs out with Bill Ke- or uh Michael Keaton um batman for a long time and then he gets back to his own universe and he's like man so crazy i'm finally back in my own universe i better go talk to bruce wayne and he goes to talk to bruce wayne and it's george clooney who was batman back in the 90s yeah and so george he- clooney is like why you look why do you think i look weird i'm just a regular old bruce wayne what's something wrong but it's it's uh george clooney <laughs> so i guess he's stuck in the wrong universe maybe i don't know who knows uh i don't even think he's gonna be flash anymore but um yeah, it's interesting. These are <laughs> movies that I would definitely I and will enjoy checking out on streaming services. But again, yeah, I don't know that it's going to get me to go into the theaters like Dune Two would or um, what's another thing that you would go to the theaters for that might coming out soon. The the next Mission Impossible. Yeah, um, uh, whatever the sequel to. Yeah, uh, they delayed that it, but me. that was coming out at some point. I guess the sequel to Fast and Furious, whatever that's going to be, because that also left in a huge cliffhanger that is crazy to even describe. But uh, that will be one as well. But yeah, anyway, (laughs) we should wrap the show up. We're just talking about movies now. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any parting wisdom? You know, Ikea is great. And we were shopping around for couches. And this has possibly been my advice previously, but we did buy a new couch from Ikea recently and it was super affordable and it's very modular. And it's got like a a, a thing we can store blankets in and whatnot. But um, yeah, if you live by an Ikea and you don't have a lot of money, but you want to spruce up your house, check out their furniture because it's great and it's easy to put together. Don't they have uh, like meatballs there as well? Yeah, they have great Swedish meatballs. They have, uh, I got a, a a long pretzel stick from there. That was great, like a Bavarian-style pretzel. And they have uh, ices. They have lingonberry ices there as well. Great stuff. Interesting. I wish there was an Ikea near me, but there is not, sadly. Someday. Someday, maybe someday. On that note, go ahead and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Starside Cafe, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.